Episode 164 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Pilot the Pilot is brought to you by the Finer Points. These guys are constantly adding content to the Ground School app. Check it out at learnthefinerpoints.com. My name is Sergis Herrera. I'm currently an airline pilot for Delta Airlines, originally from Lima, Peru. AV Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams and I am your host. Today's episode is a catch-up episode. We are talking with Pilot Sergio about a year ago this time, maybe a little bit earlier than that. I had an interview with him. We talked about how he's one of the youngest to ever be hired at Delta. And unfortunately, with the pandemic, with COVID, uh, it all was kind of put on hold. He is a Delta pilot. He was never furloughed. We do talk about what happened. We talk about his mindset, uh, what he went back to thinking. Did he ever worry about his job? Just a ton of stuff that we talked about and decompressed and how he decided to invest in himself, how he decided to go back to school, get his MBA. He was young. He wanted to continue to pursue this amazing career that is going to be here for everyone and is starting to look better. I mean, you guys have been asking for another uh, State of the Industry podcast, and I'm hoping to get one of those done here soon. Uh, things are starting to look up, and we love to see it. Let's hope it continues. But it was awesome having Sergio back on. Avi Nation, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you do, please leave us a review on iTunes. Check us out on Instagram at Pilot the Pilot. And stay tuned for a launch coming soon. I know I've teased it before, especially if you're on Instagram, but we went on a little vacation to do some photos. So we're very excited to announce that soon. You'll have to stay tuned. Very few people know, but it's going to be so, so cool. And I can't wait to release it. Aviation, I hope you guys are having a great day. And I want to go ahead and start this episode off. So without any further ado, here's Pilot Sergio. Sergio, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Hey, Justin. Nice to talk to you and be back on. Yeah, I know. Uh, I wish... Well, I guess it is in better circumstances right now because the year of kind of, well, let's hope the crazy year that you've been going through and we've all been going through is starting to come to an end and we might have the light at the end of the tunnel, especially for you and Delta. Uh, a little bit ago, they just came out and said they're calling everyone back. So uh, if nothing changes, we will hopefully see you flying again and uh, or for the first time for Delta, I should say, right? Absolutely. For the, it would be the first time, actually, which is crazy because uh, I just got off probation and haven't uh, flown at all. Oh, really? It's so they're, just, they're just letting you get off probation? Yeah, I think it's contractual. I think they, they kind of have to. So it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I don't think it's ever happened before. And, that's just, really funny. Uh, in a roller coaster, yeah. Oh, that's great. I wonder if they'll find a way to extend that. But I mean, that'd be kind of cool if you never touch an airplane and you never done anything <laughs> or training and you are <laughs> off probation. It's like, you can't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, these two can mess up, you know, but. Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and kind of, let's start from um, where we picked off last time. We Last time we pretty much, it was pretty much right before everything happened. You it, it were was. on cloud nine. You were hired by Delta, extremely young, you know, in a very fortunate position. And I, I'd imagine you still consider yourself in a very fortunate position with how everything has kind of gone down. What is, what you, what's been going on, man? Kind of walk us through last year and how it's impacted you. So it's been a year almost uh, since we last uh, spoke and, for the longest time, I think it was a roller coaster of what was going to happen, whether we we're going to get the um, government aid, which ended up occurring, then uh, expired in October. It was uncertain of, uh, again, if we were going to uh, 
uh, get furloughed or not. And I'm extremely thankful to uh, the company and um, the union, which um, ended up uh, agreeing on uh, signing up basically a agreement saying we would be protected from furloughs, regardless of if the government uh, gave more money or not until uh, 2022, which was a huge relief. Uh, it was um, an agreement of uh, 30 hours monthly, uh, which is obviously way less than um, the average uh, guarantee. But at least, I mean, I was as grateful to to receive some help and be able to keep my you know, medical benefits and, and benefits uh, alike. But um, like you said, I mean, uh, they just uh, recently announced uh, about a week ago we were going back and the goal is to have everybody back by October. Um, I, I think it really shows uh, the kind of trend uh, the industry is starting to to go in terms of uh, recovery. Uh, they're obviously not uh, expecting to be 100% pre-COVID levels, but I think they're do getting they're getting ready for a spike in demand uh, coming next summer for uh, 2022. And I think it's, it's strategic that they are deciding to bring everybody back on board. Um, and, you know, there are some good signs aside from just bringing us back. I saw yesterday uh, they are starting to open up the window for um, Propel and uh, starting again uh, to conduct interviews. And I saw United also is doing it with Aviate. So, I mean, I think... Uh, Although we are still pretty pretty far behind on where we used to be, I think there's some um, positive signs of uh, what the future is going to look like, and some, like you said, light at the end of the tunnel for those who are still right now in college, who are still going through flight training, and they were facing the uncertainty of what was going to happen to them. Uh, they are obviously some of them stuck instructing or whatever uh, it might be because the regionals are still not hiring, but these signs are, are, are good outlooks, I think, you know? Yeah. I was talking to some of my friends at the regionals and I, and I know two regionals for sure are very, very busy and short staffed. I, uh, I don't want to really like, want to name them because I don't know who I'm talking about, but <laughs> I know that the regional flying is picking up as well for, for certain carriers. So hopefully that means in the future they'll be hiring as well. Um, I want to talk about you a little bit more in the mentality that the year took on you. I've touched with some other pilots about how we identify as pilots. It's like who we are, what we do. Uh, our friends know us as the pilot. Like it's, it's so much more than just a job for so many people. What was kind of the beginning of this like for you? So we, we had the podcast and it feels like the next day, like it all kind of happened. But like what was going through your mind when you heard the news, when you saw everything in the beginning, not even necessarily uh, thinking the airlines were going to go under, but just the virus itself. Were you very worried? Were you very kind of like aware that this might affect the industry? Or are you kind of under the idea of um, hopefully this won't affect the industry. It's just going to be something we'll deal with and nothing can really hurt the aviation industry right now. Well, I, I think we, nobody really at the beginning grasped the magnitude of how it was going to, how it was going to impact uh, the industry worldwide. I think, um, you know, at the beginning I was, being the first downturn I experienced and many younger people being the first downturn they experienced and really coming from a background of how well the industry was doing, we kind of had a mentality of the only trajectory is upwards because we didn't know any better. And I think uh, what's happened has uh, to those new into aviation truly showed the possibility of it being going really well. But then the next day or within a 
few months uh, actually take a completely different direction. Uh, but I, I think the approach I took is, I mean, first of all, it was the, the uncertainty of, of uh, how long I was not going to be flying, of how long I was going to be either furloughed or, or off. Uh, I truly expected it to be a two to three year affair, uh, especially with how leadership was saying how the airline was not going to grow and they were, it was certainly going to shrink because the demand was not there and uh, all the experts were forecasting a two to three year recovery. So I wasn't expecting to go back to flying until well into 2022, late 2022, maybe early 2023. The news, um, I think, uh, caught me by surprise in a way, uh, saying that they're going to have us back. But I think also with the vaccine, we're starting to see um, more positive trends and, and it's expected. They, they are trying to get ready for next summer in terms of um, staffing outlook. But <clears throat> given I didn't know what was going on in the beginning and I expected it to be two to three years, I, I truly wanted to do something with my time and uh, is how I started pursuing a master's uh, through a Riddle Online. Uh, which uh, kept me busy, kept me you know, engaged uh, in aviation in, in some way. And it was it was nice because um, it, although it's online and it's how much a lot of people are connecting nowadays, I was able to, you know, connect with some ca- classmates who are also uh, at other airlines in the U.S., and not only the U.S., but also in the world, you know, in Germany and other countries, and kind of have a feel of how uh, how uh, this uh, situation has affected them. And it was nice to also see that some people are not wasting their time and they are uh, you know, trying to diversify their skills and education by pursuing more education or whatever it is uh, they're, they're interested in. So it was, it was a nice way to, uh, to occupy my time. I'm almost halfway through. I was taking two classes uh, per semester, which is a bit more, you know, but uh, I have the time to do it. So I was like, why not? And uh, and trying to get more involved, uh, really, with um, with uh, my school. Uh, I've been trying to work with them uh, to kind of provide them more insight of what's going on with the industry and um, give them confidence that programs like Propel and Aviate, I mean, they're still going to be around because we're still going to need the pilots. It's just delaying the shortage, but the shortage is still there, you know? Did you ever think, I mean, you're young. You can kind of restart, remake yourself, do something else. Did you ever think, like, this is going to be longer and this might potentially affect my actual aviation career for the rest of my life. I can get out of this now and do something else. Did that ever go through your mind at all? Uh, it went through my mind of, of, you know, what, what am I going to be doing for the next two to three years? And I mean, the option of going back to Peru was out there, but it really wasn't too, too appealing because the airlines there are doing even worse than here. I mean, here we've been tremendously, uh, blessed with how the government has helped the airlines. I was reading some chart and comparison of uh, the U.S. versus other countries. And the U.S. has given, I mean, almost three times as much money as uh, France. I think Canada hasn't received anything from the government, right? So, uh, and Peru is not doing well. So the, the option of going to Peru, at first it seemed fine, but then it, it really wasn't happening. Um, you know, things are not looking great down there. So, um it crossed my mind of um, getting a master's and potentially instructing, uh, meaning becoming a professor at, uh, at Riddle. Uh, I talked to a few a few former uh, professors, and uh, I mean they brought the idea. 
um, which um, is something, I mean, I, I enjoy teaching and I loved instructing, so I didn't see it uh, too too far off and too crazy to do. Uh, but I was kind of in a waiting waiting mode, honestly, uh, because some people were saying, you know, it, it truly is going to come back before we think. Uh, and opinions were all over the place. So I really, you know, you have to be careful with, with what you pay attention to and uh, be objective as right. much as you can. Because no one knows. Yeah. No one knows what's going to happen. No one has known what's going to happen. It's just, yeah, you, you got to be careful who you trust and what you hold on to. But it's also important that you have to have some kind of hope. You know, you can't just be living in, in a world where you don't see any hope that's not good for mental health or good for anything whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, late last year, October, November, when everybody was furloughing and, uh, they were fighting to get the, the, uh, government aid and so forth. I, I don't think anybody would have thought, I don't think I was thinking airlines were going to start hiring early 2021. I mean, Spirit, Frontier, I mean, those are, are good signs that um, uh, obviously they have different business models and, and all that, and they can afford to hire pilots. It's not really the case of, of uh, the majors because of all the international exposure they have. But uh, regardless, I mean, uh, I think that uh, the recovery in the U.S. has been is starting to be uh, way better than I anticipated, and definitely way better than other countries. What so you made the decision to invest in yourself in the situation? You know, you looked at this as an opportunity uh, to to market yourself better, to make it not look like you didn't do anything for a year, two years, whatever it may be, by getting your master's in Embry Riddle. Was that a difficult decision to spend more money into a career that is just so crazy and what many people are telling people your age to to find another career? Like it's just not worth it. Was that difficult for you, or is it kind of a no brainer? It was difficult because I think when when the uncertainty of, of what was going to happen uh, was taking place, you know, I went into uh, money conservation mode and, and obviously you know, trying to save as much money as possible. And a master's is not cheap. I mean, it's not as, as expensive as uh, a bachelor's degree or anything like that. But it's still I mean, it's still money uh, that you're eventually going to have to pay back, not necessarily right away. But if, if you get loans, I had some savings. So it wasn't an easy decision, but I, I knew just like 9-11 happened, I mean, the industry recovered. I knew Delta was going to be out there and uh, it was uh, um, more of a decision of, well, what can I do? And I still have tremendous passion for aviation. Uh, I was interested in pursuing a master's while I was there at the university. Um, after I graduated and I was an instructor building my time, but I didn't do it at that point because, you know, I was not making much money as an instructor and I truly didn't want to delay my path to the airline. So I wasn't trying to pursue a master's and and delay my career to the airlines by two years. Um, So I think back then my mentality was, okay, get on the airlines, get established, um, make money and then do it um, online when you have time in your layovers, uh, when you're home, when you're off. Um, and when I was at Republic, I, I didn't do it. Uh, and I was like, okay, this is the perfect opportunity to actually pull the trigger and, and get it done. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, what else are you doing, right? <laughs> I'm not right. saying that like as a dig, but like you got to fill up your time with something. And I'm, I don't know if you play video games or anything. Like that, but it's like, you can only play so much Call of Duty before. It's like, it's just, you know, like you got to figure something else out. <laughs> Yeah, no. 
And, you know, again, I mean, I, I really wanted to go to Peru and see friends and family. I mean, I still have the flight benefits, but uh, it, it's uh, not been an option because they've been really uh, uh, being hit hard with the pandemic and a lockdown. So I'm kind of stuck here. Well, yeah. I mean, not in a bad way. I know, but I know just, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. If you got a call from ATC with a phone number to call or a ramp check turns into more than just a ramp check, do you know what you'd do? With AOPA's team of trusted legal service plan attorneys just a call away, they can walk you through the right steps to take with the FAA to help protect your certificates. If you hear from the FAA, having access to their attorneys can help you keep what you're doing most, and that's fly. Go check them out before your next flight at aopa.org backslash PPS. Uh, I'll ask more about Peru next question, but I want to finish up with the, uh, with the master's. What's the plan for the master's? Someone might look at you and be like, look, like you essentially have your, your doctoral degree in aviation already with being an ATP pilot. Uh, you are flying for pretty much, there's nowhere else you can go, but like you can't go any higher up other than progressing through Delta. Uh, for someone that's listening to this and is all about flying, talk a little bit about the reason why you wanted a master's and why you think it's important for yourself and for your future. Well, I think knowledge is power. I mean, I uh, heard of, of um, a Delta, a senior Delta um, uh, first officer. I won't mention her name. I don't know her personally, but uh, she obtained recently her PhD in aviation. And, um, you know, she's five years, 10 years from retiring. And people might say, well, what's her point in getting a PhD in aviation? See, she's, uh, you know, uh, retiring in the next decade or whatever. And what else could she do? Um, and I, I don't think necessarily education has to equate to um, you advancing professionally, like you said, I'm here already and I don't plan to go anything else career wise. But, um, I think, you know, the more knowledge you can, um, you can absorb, uh, the, the, the more it's going to serve you. I mean, I'm doing a master's in sustainability, which I believe is, is the future. Um, Delta is, is paying a lot of attention, uh, before the pandemic, they were going to invest quite a bit of money in going carbon neutral. And, I think, um, you know, if we truly want to to uh, help aviation and make sure it keeps growing, we have to make sure it keeps growing in a sustainable way and uh, and helping the planet for, for the future decades and uh, the future generations. Uh, my idea, I mean, uh, aside from the aspect of 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 uh, just wanting to do it for for the knowledge and the passion, uh, eventually I, I do want to diversify within uh, the company and potentially assume roles outside of flying, either, you know, getting involved with recruiting pilot selection or, or just, you know, a management role, uh, instructing. And I think, uh, they, they do look highly on, on those opportunities. Uh, if, if they know, I mean, they know I was a year off and, uh, not just me, many pilots have been a year off and, um, many Decided just to look for other jobs. Maybe decided to maybe obtain a, a real estate license. Uh, you know, I know some of them who were fortunate enough to get other flying jobs. Uh, and I just decided to do the master's, uh, and it was a personal decision. Uh, but not like you said. I mean, many people I've talked to, they were like, "Why? Why are you uh, dumping more money?" and um, and, you know, I think it, it, it ends up being a, a personal decision, just like whether obtaining a degree in aviation or obtaining a degree in something else. Uh, and some people are against getting a degree in aviation and they suggest getting a degree in, in something else. Um, same, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wasn't saying that to say there's anything wrong. I just know some people 
kind of just think of, of being a pilot as being the final stop and don't think about uh, furthering your education, especially in aviation. You know, there, there's so much more than just being a pilot in this this career and a master's can definitely help you. And it can, if, especially if you have aspirations to do more inside of a company, I'm sure they would um, love to see an MBA or to see something else in aviation, just to show that you're, you are very serious about it. It doesn't have to be what it is, but just that you're serious about your education and it just shows that you can complete tasks. You know, you can set your mind to something and you can overcome it and you can do it. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, uh, there, there's plenty of, of uh, opportunities, um, uh, even uh, outside of um, flying, uh, even after retirement. I mean, I was I interviewed um, the NTSB chairman a, a few weeks ago and I mean, he was a U.S. Air captain uh, on the 320 and decided to do a master's and look where he's at now. You know, he's uh, been involved with NTSB for quite some time, first as a board member, now as a chairman. So uh, there's there's so many to do, many activities you could do, um, you know, after you retire and getting more education are just going to open more windows for you. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that at all, man. I think it's really cool that you you decided to do that and you you took initiative to do it on your own and no one told you to do it. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, talk a little bit about what's going on in Peru. I mean, I honestly have no idea what's going on in Peru. I just know that you're from Peru. Uh, you have family there. But what does it look like with aviation there? You kind of touched on a little bit. There's really not much government help. Is it because the government doesn't have the money to help or because they're choosing to use that money in other sectors and then hopefully later once those sectors improve, they're going to put more money into the, the aviation industry there. I think it's, I, I really think it's just lack of, a lack of money, a lack of resources because, um, for Peru, tourism is, is really important. I mean, it drives a huge part of the GDP. So they really need to keep, uh, you know, incentivating, uh, tourism and, and flights, not only internationally, but in, inside the country. But I, I, I believe it's, it's more of a of a lack of uh, resources, and it's not like you have thirty airlines down there where you have to give so much money to each. I mean, you're really talking about two to three big carriers. So, um, it, you know, it, it, you're not talking about here where you have regionals, you have low cost carriers, you have legacy carriers, and you have to, you know, give some stake of the money to each of them. It, it's much simpler down there. So, I don't think it's an aspect of we don't want to do it. I think it's it's more uh, an economical. We don't have the way to do it. Um, and you know, I'm I'm talking to friends who fly down there, and not just Peru. I mean, I know friends who used to fly in Peru in the beginning of their careers, and then they opted to fly uh, in the Middle East with uh, you know uh, Qatar and Emirates and those carriers. And and they're all trying to to leave. Uh, they they're also not uh, happy there with uh, how the airlines have been uh, dealing with the situation. How the governments have been dealing with the situation. And you know, I get messages from them saying, "Hey, uh, how is the, you know, how can I go to the U.S. and potentially pursue a a career there? Uh, even even though they know it's not the best time to get a job here, but they are they're really trying to get out." Uh, and it's hard because obviously they can't do it unless they have some green card or citizenships or, or some sort of, you know, papers. So um, that's kind of a stop, which I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't go against. I think first we, we have to worry about uh, people here, you know, U.S. citizens who are trying to get jobs and still, you know, looking yeah, for them. Absolutely. Um, do you see a world where Peruvian or South America in general they have to consolidate their airlines. Maybe there's only they're like more like regional carriers, as in like 
Brazil has an airline and then so like Southern South America has its own. Do you see like a consolidation coming with that? Because obviously there's no money, can't operate an airline, but those people still need to travel and there's the need for aviation eventually. So someone still has to do it. But if they don't have the money for it, I mean, I guess, what do you see kind of coming out of this and what do you see uh, the future for those aviation uh, companies down in South America? Yeah, I I think... um so first off, they, they were never forced to keep their service like here in the U.S. with the help, with the government help, right? So uh, they were really um, allowed to shut down routes uh, as they wish, um, and they did. Um, they did. Now they started to open them back again, but uh, you know they're flying from Lima to to here, Miami, with like forty passengers, which is obviously not profitable. So uh, so I think. Uh, What's going to happen is I think that the smaller airlines um, are going to go probably under. Um, I think definitely hiring is going to be more competitive down there. Um, it used to be where you got your 250 hours on your commercial and you would be on. And I, I think uh, that's going to change. The flight instructor model here in the U.S. where you everybody kind of does, or a lot of people do, where they get their hours and then they flight instruct. wasn't common in Peru at all because everybody would get their 250 hours, they would get their commercial and they would be on board with with um, with one of the airlines down there. So I think there will be probably a change in, in a respect of maybe now kids getting their commercial will have to instruct and that's going to be kind of the standard down there rather than going immediately to the airlines, you know. Definitely will be some changes in how things work and whether that's a temporary change until the demand really comes back to what it was, or maybe they are more founded changes that last forever. So uh, it's kind of like uh, last year, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen. So many people can predict what's going to happen, but we're still in a very much of a, a world of unknown right now and just kind of have to try to make the best of it and, and see what you can do to, to better your situation. I mean, yep. it's easier said than done, obviously. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what you've been doing. You mentioned that you interviewed the the chairman of the NTSB. That's awesome. I mean, I haven't even touched on that stuff yet. So I'm extremely jealous. But what what all is this for? Are you contributing for another organization? Are you starting your own kind of blog, website? Like, what are you doing right now with all these stories? And, and what have you been doing to fill your off time outside of Masters? So, um I've been working on, on a project. Um, it, I don't want to talk too much about it, uh, but it, it will be eventually a book. I don't know when it's going to be released yet. I'm working with another um, a friend of mine. And uh, I think the idea is to, uh, we, we still know aviation is going to come back. I mean, we, we know there's going to be plenty of interest in the career in the future. And uh, when I was going through training, uh, there were obviously a, bu- a bunch of manuals and handbooks out there from the FAA and then uh, everybody would get a book for check right oral prep, which everybody knows which book it's and it's out there and it's an oral exam guide that everybody buys. And uh, it really hasn't been updated for a long time. Uh, I, I think um, with the uh, introduction of the ACS of a few years ago, uh, there is uh, a lot more emphasis on um, a scenario based training and risk management that um, that they're going trying to portray on the practical test. And uh, hopefully, um, We'll uh, put something out there that it's going to help uh, student pilots all the way through their flight training, uh, study and prepare better for their uh, for their check ride. I like it. Yeah, anything to to help modernize aviation. As we know, 
aviation is like a step behind everything. So what uh, other industries have had for a while, we're still like trying to figure out how to make it work in ours from like 10 years ago. So I definitely think there's a need for that. And I think that there's going to be kind of like a technology rush in the training world and in all that and books and whatever it may be. So getting in on that now and hopefully before, I don't know who else is working on stuff like that, but I definitely think there's going to be a need for that. And training will be changing here in the next uh, couple of years for sure. It will. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, we touched on Peru a little bit, but, um, you know, a lot of countries, they, they really uh, utilize FAA books. I mean, in Peru, most guys down there study for their check rights with uh, the Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge and with all the FAA documents. You know, most countries do not have the capability, the resources, the manpower to put out books like the FAA does. And so, I mean, Peru doesn't publish anything regarding aviation, and so they use our books. Uh, so I think that the, the need for it is not only here in the U.S., but uh, South America. I mean, many countries that uh, see the FAA as this role kind of model in terms of aviation and regulatory aviation and all that. And um, I think putting a product like that, it's not going to help here people in the U.S., but also outside uh, in other countries. So would your goal be to kind of market yourself to other countries and obviously in the the States as well, but would your kind of like your main market to be to touch on those countries like Peru, like you just said, that don't have necessarily as many, as much access other to what the FAA puts out? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I know it, it would. I do get messages from people down there in Peru, and uh, and I think um, if I can help them, uh, it, you know, the, the the more help I can get out there to them, the better. Uh, they're they are starting to get close to the U.S. I mean, a few years ago, they uh, partnered with a university and they started their first uh, kind of formal degree program in aviation, like a kind of four year degree in aeronautical science with a university down there. But it's only one program. It's only one university. It's obviously not as um, as widespread here in the U.S. And so it, I'm happy they are starting to to kind of emulate what goes on here because, uh, I mean, not to say they're copycat or anything, but if something is successful, like here in the States where they have a successful model, why not uh, apply it somewhere else? Absolutely. Don't waste the money on trying to reinvent it. Like do what works and make it, <laughs> right. make it on your own as you go. Like that definitely makes sense. Uh, one question I have for you, kind of on encompassing all of last year, what was the hardest part for you, whether it was physically, whether it was mentally, um, just what was about the whole all of last year? What was the hardest part for you? I, I would say it was mentally the toll it took. I mean, never been outside or not flying for more than a couple of months. No, not even when I went from uh, when I went from Republic to Spirit, I took a week off, and then when I went to Spirit to Delta, I took a week off, and I mean, never been not flying for more than a year. Uh, so it's it, it, it takes a toll on, on, on you mentally for sure uh, it, because it's what you're used to. It's what you love doing. It's what uh, you it, it's your job. And and just in general, not only for pilots, but work plays such a major part of, of your daily living. It keeps yeah. you busy. It keeps you on your game mentally. So um it, I know for everybody, it's been tough. For all my classmates, it's been tough. Uh, outside of the financial aspect, just the mental aspect. Uh, and I'm glad it's it's finally coming to an end. I'm really excited to go back. I I really can't wait to to be back in Atlanta in training. I think um, you know I'm, I'm very grateful to the company, to to the union for what they have done, to the government. I mean, I'm you know really not into politics, but uh, I think everybody in the U.S. should be really really thankful to. Uh, to 
having the opportunity to have a government that really cares about the airline industry and the aviation industry uh, and how much of importance it plays uh, in connecting people, in, in keeping the economy going and so forth. What's something that you learned in this whole process, like uh, whether it's about life or those aviation or whatever, what's one thing that you really took away from this whole, this whole year? Uh, you, you know, I, I, one of the things is, uh, when I first got on at the regionals, I think a lot of the people who, who were getting onto the airlines before COVID happened, there was this mentality of, uh, I'm, I'm going to be at the regionals for X amount of years. And then immediately I'm going to go to another airline because of how great the hiring, um, you know, uh, momentum is going, uh, and you never thought anything was going to happen. And, and, you know, one year upgrades and, uh, I just really, you know, was glad to have some captains give me some great advice when I was a first officer uh, in telling me their experience uh, through the years, through being uh, through stuff like this. And sometimes, you know, we we just feel like they are just uh, saying that because uh, they want to bore us or, or, you know, we're like, what are you talking about, man? You know, the airline industry is doing great. And I'm, I'm glad that I actually paid attention to them in those in, in those times when things were so great, nobody saw this coming, but it, they, they serve me well now because I do keep in touch with them. And, uh, and many of the pieces of advice that they give me, I applied and, um, that's how I kept myself going really. And my last question for you is thinking about kind of, I mean, like I said earlier, you're young, you can reinvent yourself. You can do anything else that you want to do. You still have plenty of time to do that. Does what has been happening this last year, seeing the downfall of aviation, uh, obviously it's cyclical, come back up, but has this made you question or regret any decisions that you've made in the past or even to get into aviation? Uh, so I know I've talked to some people like, I should have never done this. I should just have been whatever, insert whatever your other option was. Were you ever in that situation or have you kind of used it as fuel and it kind of rekindled and made you appreciate what you had even more? I think it was more appreciation than anything. I don't think there was uh, regret. Even when I was thinking I was going to be two or three years out without flying, uh, I I still was glad that I took the steps I took and the decision I took and to come here to the U.S. to to do what I did. Um, I, I feel like um, there's people out there who might feel like it's a time to maybe choose another career and diversifying change fields. And there certainly has been many people that have had to do that in the past with 9-11 and they completely changed uh, their jobs and careers. Um, but um, in my situation, I think I was just um, very, very fortunate to to be where I was uh, and be confident that uh, I was eventually going to come back. Uh, it's sad to see some regional shutdown. I mean, I don't know if when we spoke that was happening or not. I think not yet. And then we saw some regionals go under and it, it's really sad. Uh, but uh, hopefully we'll come back. I mean, the retirements are still happening. Uh, they will still uh, be going on for, for a number of years. Uh, and for those who are getting into this career, I mean, I know there's some people out there saying, hey, don't do it. But if it's your passion, ultimately, uh, and you don't see doing anything else outside of aviation, which was my case. I mean, I really didn't know anything else I could become. Uh, I've I wanted to be a pilot and, and that's all I wanted to do. Um, I don't, I don't think I would have changed anything. 
That's good, man. I'm glad that you look at it that way. And I think that's the what most pilots are, are taking away from this is the appreciation still for what we have and just a, a better understanding, especially like you said the earlier, this is the first downturn for a lot of pilots that have just been getting in it. And they've only seen regionals hiring like crazy. They've only seen signing bonuses out the wazoo. You know, They don't really remember the history of how tough it was to make it in this industry and how regional airlines not too long ago were paying minimum wage and it was not a sexy lifestyle whatsoever. So it's definitely kind of a, a shot back to reality. Uh, it doesn't seem like airlines want to move back to that. Like they want to keep the the uh, the pay where it is. Uh, I know there's a lot of snapbacks and everything that has been agreed upon between unions and the companies. So hopefully it's going to be just as good, if not better here in the next five years or, or shorter or 10 years, whatever it may be. So uh, Sergio, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, I, I love talking to you. I think that you have a lot of uh, good insight to bring on with people and a lot of people resonate with what you say and people look up to you for seeing what you've done in such a short amount of time and what you have achieved. So I really appreciate you coming on, man. Anytime, anytime. Glad to help. Perfect. I hope you have a good day. Take care. Thanks. AV Nation, that is a wrap on episode 164 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you do, check us out on Instagram, leave a five-star review, and go check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash pilot to pilot. AV Nation, I hope you're all having a great day. And as always, happy flying.